Imagine having to build your career and company with the risk of losing the money invested. Now imagine having to build your career and company as an immigrant with the risk of not only losing money invested, but also losing your home in America and having to move back to your country of origin. This is unfortunately the burden that a lot of immigrant entrepreneurs bear and one that we will discuss with immigrant Daniela Jeannie. I am Sabrina Lay, and welcome to episode 5 of Inspired by Immigrants. This podcast is sponsored by Rocketta Labs. Rocketta Labs is a startup accelerator based in San Francisco Bay Area. Some opportunities the accelerator provides for startups include mentoring and feedback from experienced sales, software and marketing professionals, marketing on the company website, and depending on if there's synergy, revenue sharing partnerships, and access to our global sales channels. If you would like more information, visit our website at kyoceralabs.com. Some people think that immigrating to America is as simple as booking a one-way ticket to New York or LA and calling it a day. However, this is not always the case and is far from the truth. Immigrating to America is a stressful process that takes time, money, and in a lot of cases, talent. Daniela Jeannie struggled and overcame the visa process and was able to pursue her passion in music. Originally from Venezuela, Jeannie came to the U.S. to attend Berklee College of Music in Boston and then to Holt International Business School in San Francisco. She was an early employee at Musical.ly, now commonly known as TikTok. She was responsible for leading the community, partnerships, creators, and content acquisition team and was the first for Latin American and Spanish talent and broader talent. Daniela is now part of the founding team at Make It, a new music app that is looking to democratize music and allow creators to express themselves through music and audio. If you want more info about her startup, visit maYk.it. In this episode, you'll hear her story about how her experience at Musical.ly had inspired the creation of Make It, as well as how she was able to overcome the struggles she faced being an immigrant wanting to live in America. With that, let's get this interview started. Thanks so much, Daniela, for taking the time to meet with us and talk about you and your startup. Thank you very much. So what inspired you to create Make It? So I've been always passionate about music, and that's the reason why I first started working at TikTok, because it was called Musical.ly. And I thought that was actually a music startup, and I was like, oh, maybe maybe I want to be part of this. And then it actually was a video startup, but I fell in love with it as well. And I also went to uh, Berkeley College of Music, and I've been involved with music my whole life. And I really wanted to be part of a project where I can help people to sing and create music and and kind of like allow everyone to, you know, raise their voices. How did you kickstart your career at Musical.ly, let alone be a part of a founding team at Make It? You know, how were you able to kind of like make that happen? I left my country, Venezuela, in 2012. Uh, I first moved to London. I lived there for a year. I had the opportunity to study English there. And then I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do because I always wanted to be involved with the music, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to actually study music. So I decided to come to the United States and think more about it. I went to Berkeley College of Music. I did a course over there for the summer. And after that, I decided to start my bachelor 
at Holt International Business School where I started business, where I actually majored in finance. <laughs> but I don't do finance right now, but I majored in finance and a minority in marketing. After that, I wanted to work in the music industry, uh, as I mentioned. So I was applying for different jobs while I was studying at Holt. And I applied for labels uh, and all of like the traditional media. But that time it was still relevant. Instagram was growing and um, YouTube was kind of big already, but people weren't like paying that much attention as we are now. So I applied for those companies and then I saw this Musical.ly uh, on LinkedIn, the name, and I was like, oh, this makes sense. This is Musical.ly, this is related to music. Are you going to apply? They needed someone who speaks Spanish, who knew about the entertainment business and music industry, who was passionate about community and also was able to travel. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to apply. And one day I received a phone call from Stefan Hendrich, now the make CEO. And he told me, We're, we, we loved your profile. We, we really want to interview you. I'm going to be in San Francisco next week. Will you be down to meet? No one knew how big Musical.ly was about to be. Um, I downloaded the app and even for me, it was a little bit complicated. The idea of filming yourself in the vertical and full screen in 15 seconds for me, it was a little bit like, okay, how can you create a video in 15 seconds? So I started working out there and leading the whole Latin Spanish community. I, I traveled to Brazil, Colombia, and Spain, Mexico, where I helped creators to grow faster on the platform because we didn't have top creators by the time. So I have to find them and also help them to grow on the platform. After this huge company called Bydance bought Musical.ly and it became TikTok, the Latin team moved to LATAM and I moved to the US team where my responsibility was to help them to onboard celebrities and provide a very uh, good kind of like orientation on how to create videos on TikTok because celebrities were like, I don't dance in front of the camera, that is out of my comfort zone, I don't lip sync. And my responsibility was to change that idea of what was TikTok. We weren't a lip sync dancing app anymore. We were a short video app. And that's how I started working in there. That's kind of the story of me as an immigrant. And actually, well, I'm pretty sure a lot of immigrants go through this, but I have to go through so many visa uh, applications is a uh, tiktok applied for my h1b twice and unfortunately i didn't get in none of the, lo the lotteries. lotteries yeah which was very frustrating so imagine myself like every year thinking that i have to go through a lottery and maybe going back to my home country that is right now not in the best situation and also like being traveling and working and doing the business and helping creators to grow so as an immigrant, that was very challenging for me. And even the last, I remember the, the three years and a half that I was working in there, I always thought about this. And it's something that is always going to be in your mind when you are an immigrant and you don't have a place where you actually want to be, but you're not sure if you're going to be able to stay or to keep working. And um, yeah, that actually was like very, very hard for me. I don't know if I'm the only one that's not as familiar with, you know, the music industry. Are there a lot of barriers to entry when trying to create music? Is that kind of where the whole concept of democratizing music came from? Yes, um, it's very, it's very hard. Uh, musicians need to have a lot of money to go to the studio and record. They want to get like a manager to promote their music. So it is a little bit complicated and also 
I believe that that is the only media that is not like that hasn't changed in a, in a long time, right? And that's why I, I really want to be part of make it, of helping creators and people in general to just sing. That definitely makes total sense. So, you know, how did this kind of like idea come to life? You know, how do you transition from just like this idea of I want to democratize music and then just grow it into a whole startup, a whole business? How does that fruition come about? So I work at TikTok for three years and a half. Mm -hmm. And when I was there, I met Stefan Hendrich. Stefan Hendrich is actually the founder of Make. And he was my manager when I started working at Musical.ly. We actually learned from each other that both of us were passionate about music. And he's actually someone who loves singing, but he doesn't have a good voice. But uh, he grew up singing and a lot of people told him, no, you cannot sing because you cannot sing well. On the other side, I love singing and I went to uh, a school to, you know, uh, improve my voice and, and to learn like music in general. So we connected there and we always knew that we wanted to keep working with within the music industry. But then he moved to the marketing team. He was the head of marketing at TikTok internationally. Then he decided to leave the company to join Cameo. And he was the CMO there. And he always wanted to start the, the, his own company, but he never had kind of like the time to do it. That There's always something that kept him working in other companies until the pandemic started. And he was like, okay, I'm going to have a lot of free time during my weekend. So I think this is a perfect time to start a new company. So he reached out to me last year and he told me, hey, Danny, I have this amazing idea. I want to help everyone to be able to sing. And he invited me to be part of Make It. That's awesome. Danny, I wanted to ask you something. You know, um, you know as, as you're building this uh, interesting and uh, different app, I wanted to bring you back to uh, the days of Musical.ly when you started working Musical.ly and the whole idea of you being an immigrant. And uh, what do you think the impact of immigrants was on this company Musical.ly and how many of them were immigrants at that time creating what became TikTok, right? So I'm just curious about the, yeah. this whole um, vibe of, of being in this place where, you know, this became one of the biggest uh, success stories in the social media world. I'm so happy that you asked me this because when I joined the company, we were around 15 people in 2017. The founders um, are originally from China and then the directors were from Germany. And then my manager was from Germany as well. And the U.S. team, uh, there was like someone who was from uh, Africa and there was another person who had another uh, background as well. And I was impressed because everyone actually came from a different country. And I was like very surprised. And for me, that was very unique because I believe all of the different people that were working at Musical.ly brought something unique to the company. And I think that's one of the reasons why it was so successful, right? Because we could understand the different type of cultures that we could bring into, the, into that video app that we were developing by that time. And I think the impact of the immigrant was incredible. Without the people that were working there in 2017, I don't think we would have been like so impactful and successful in general. So um, I'm, also, I'm actually very excited about Make as well because everyone is coming from a different country too. And we're very international. That is basically that happened with Musical.ly. 
So how do you actually get that like first customer? You know, I know that you guys are doing beta testing right now with some creators, but how do you kind of get that first customer and is like, hey, like I want you to try out our new app? So at the beginning, we started outreaching creators that we think might be interested in creating their own songs without thinking if they sing well, they don't sing. We just wanted to understand like, how can we help you become your dream come true within the music industry, right? So we started inviting creators and we are currently inviting creators and messaging some people that we think might be interested and providing kind of like a, a walk through the app so they can understand what we can offer them and why they can be part of it. And something that I always mention to them is that when I was working at Musical.ly Days, I invited so many people to be part of the app in the early stages and they actually didn't want to join because they they had like millions of followers in YouTube or a lot of followers on Instagram. So they didn't understand that technology changes so fast that you cannot stay only in one app because you never know what is going to be the next big TikTok or big Instagram or big YouTube, right? So it's always changing. So one of the things that I'm telling the creators and the users that are now part of the app is that if you like it, that's amazing. And if you don't like it, that's great as well. But you at least have to try it and see if social media is one of like your goals and you want to, you know, stay relevant. You need to also be open to try new different apps and, and be open for the change and ready. No, absolutely. It's always fascinating to see how the interplay between immigrants and innovation is happening in all of these big companies. When you are creating this... Um, new movement in a way. I think it's a movement where you're giving power to the people to create essentially their own music. What would you say is the driving force behind the innovation? Like how do you come out to, uh, um, you know, plan the next phases or the ideas? Or is there anybody there that is the one that drives that force? Or how does it work? Because, you know, for people who are interested to, to understand, like how does it actually work when the company is just starting? Because make could become the next TikTok or whatever, but right now we're in the early stages. I'm curious to know about this transition from the idea creation and changing it. The idea actually started only as a website. We have the idea of creating a website, helping people in general who wanted to create a song to connect with producers so producers can help them create the perfect song. And that was the first idea. And the amount of money that they have to pay was very, very low. It was like between $50 to create a 30-second song, $100 to do a one-minute song. It was like very affordable for everyone. I mean, versus going into the studio and hire someone who write your song. So that was the type of services that we were offering at the beginning. But at the same time, we found someone who uh, used to work at Snapchat before. He was one of the early employees that developed the spectacle glasses. And he's actually also a co-founder in the company. He said like, oh, I think we can create an app that also helps creators and people to create their own songs. So at the same time that we had the idea of this website and help everyone to create their songs, we were working on an app that everyone was going to be able to use for free. And then obviously at the beginning, the app was very basic. We have like a few beats. We have a few things very similar to other platforms with the followers and stuff like that. But we really wanted to be different. So we kind of like create new explore pages and new phases into the app, depending on what our designer suggests us 
or what the new person that we hire came and said like, oh, but what I think it, it will be nice to do this and that, right? So the ideas and the concept of the app have been changing for the last six months just because we love hearing also our employees' feedback and also the users' feedback because we already have creators that are part of our beta testing experience and they talk to us and they're like, oh, I would love the app to have a page where I can see what is trending or I like, but we try to do it different from other platforms because we really want to, we really want to offer something unique. You know, one of the questions I like to ask, um, the podcast is inspired by immigrants and you worked with some of these uh, star companies like Musical.ly and TikTok. And I wanted to ask you, what do you think, first of all, inspires you when you are uh, joining a startup? these founders, the one that you worked for, the, the CEOs of these companies that are breaking ground to continue building and innovating? I think it's creating a difference and, do, and create something new. So, for example, I remember when we met with the founder of Musical.ly and he really wanted to create a platform that helps people to learn something new through video. So there are a lot of places that a lot of people don't have access to education. And he created Musical.ly as a way to teach other people different things. So that's why you were able to lip sync the songs. Because I think like if you can lip sync, you can learn kind of like a new, a new language or you can learn something different just by coping what other people were saying. So that was the first idea and the reason why he created the company. Obviously, it didn't turn that way exactly uh, during Musical.ly days because a lot of people were doing lip syncing and dancing after. But um, it changed during TikTok days because we were able to diversify the content that we had. So that was always the goal. Um, we achieved that. And the same way with Make, one of the reasons why, for example, Stefan has this idea and really want to innovate and create something good is because he said, why only people who sing well can sing? You know, so we already noticed on TikTok that everything can go viral. Doesn't really matter, like, what right. is the type of music that is, you know, in the charts right now or is trending or what artists are singing. He really believed, and I also really believe that everything can go viral. Not right. only a song, but maybe a phrase and maybe like a, um, a children's right. song, how, how yeah. it's trending now. <laughs> on TikTok. So we are not surprised if any of the songs that are made on Make are going to be trending in the future in any other platforms, because that's the goal. And we want to make the music available for everyone. So we want them to feel that they can express themselves through music as well. And that's the reason why they're creating these platforms. And I love it. I think you always have to create something to make a difference. Maybe mostly from your work on TikTok, where were some of the most inspiring creators that you worked? And maybe give us like a, like a story or maybe an example of somebody that you met that left an inspiration on you or kind of became uh, really huge by using TikTok. To be honest, I met a creator who really wanted to do comedy on TikTok at the beginning. And I noticed that he wasn't like very successful on other platforms like Instagram. He was like, hey, Danny, I really want to make it it here. I think I can do it. And it was like, okay, you have to change a little bit the type of content that you're doing because maybe you have to find what is going to work for you on TikTok. And um, he was trying to understand what was the type of content that he wanted to do. And he didn't even speak 
English. So he's also an immigrant, right? And he was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it because I don't speak English. I don't, maybe my videos are going to reach to a specific type of audience, but not, not the world, no United States as I want. And by that time, he has less than a thousand followers on TikTok or Musical.ly. And now he's 14 million followers on TikTok. Wow. What was the thing that he did to, uh, to make that success? Honestly, I think he just never gave up. And that is the thing that I admire the most because he just tried, even though that he failed so many times creating his videos, he didn't have the numbers that he really wanted. He kept trying. And that is something that I really admire. And I remember being like, oh, maybe he's going to get tired and he's just not keep creating content. And actually he kept creating content and then he surprised me. And uh, I never going to forget that when he was like very, very small. And now he's getting the whole brand deals, even though that he cannot speak English. And I'm very proud of him, actually. And you know, that's interesting because I think the difference with uh, Musical.ly and TikTok and maybe hopefully with Make the New Company, unlike Facebook and Instagram and all the other, uh, in, in, in YouTube, is that anything is possible. And, and the biggest example is what happened with the Ocean Spray, where he was on a skateboard for 30 seconds uh, drinking this Ocean Spray drink and the music of Dreams was playing in the background and that's it that was i think it was even it was 15 seconds it was not even 30 seconds yeah it, that we, thing went viral all over the world it just shows you that if people like it it makes them feel good then the algorithm is going to show it to everybody and i think too that is one of the biggest allures about tiktok and i think for make as well where it's just you know you don't have to be that influencer who has 30 million followers in order to have your post be seen like if you make good content and you're just sitting in your home making like videos it's like you could be the next famous person if you just like make a sound on tiktok you can go viral just with that one sound even if you have no singing experience so yeah i think that's awesome to have that potential for like literally anyone can be famous you know the struggle of immigrants and a lot of our you know people that we interview here are either already have their paperwork or they are going through the process like you danny but a lot of the immigrants that are founders or working on big projects they always say that you know, it's already hard enough to deal with the stress of your job and in your case, coordinating all these activities, getting them on boarded, you know, launching new features. And at the same time, wondering, will I be able to stay here? Can they renew my visa? Will I be able to work for them? You know, if I won't be able to renew it, you know, how many founders and the top level executives um, had to leave the country because of the visa? So just kind of on a personal level, how do you manage to stay uh, motivated to know that I'm getting all these things from the company, but at the same time, it's out of anybody's control, even my lawyers, that I may have to leave one day? It was very hard. I think I, I grew as a person and I developed new skills after that. I will say traumatic experience because you are in that mindset that you are afraid and nervous about your future because you cannot make long-term plans. So you always have to think about like the now and, you know, when you know if you get into the lottery or not, if you get approved or not, it's really hard. Obviously I manage it. And because I know so many people that was in, in the same situation as me, I know how hard it is. We never stop thinking about it. Even at nights, like after you're working the whole day trying to build something or being a million meetings and trying to make a company grow and stay relevant. And then at night you get at your home and you're like, 
oh my God, I'm, I'm still having this issue. I'm not okay. Because it's a stress that is in your body and your mind and you're never in peace. So after when you're fine, you feel like, okay, finally I can live my life as a normal person. But when you are an immigrant, then that is also a full-time job that you never stop thinking about it. Even weekends or holidays at night when you are working, even when you're working, you're still thinking about that. Jacob, I remember when I met you, a creator at TikTok went to receive the best practices and onboarding. And he asked me like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, yeah, I'm from Venezuela. And he told me, how did you get here? Are you, were you able to stay? And I'm like, oh, I actually going through the process. And he mentioned Jacob, oh, I know this lawyer who is is amazing and he creates content that I highly recommend. And then I invited Jacob to come to the office to onboard him into the TikTok practices and, and provided information how to create content. And I was still talking about my immigration process. You know, it's never end until it ends, you know? So I think it's very hard for everyone. And I remember that there were other people on TikTok going through the process and I don't know, a hundred employees that were going through the H1B and only like five got it. And I was like surprised. I didn't got it at that time. Obviously it was heartbreaking uh, because you have to find solutions of how to stay if this is your dream and this is your home. I've been here since 2014. And for me, this is my place now. This is, this is the place that I want to be. And coming from a place that you don't have freedom and you don't have opportunity, you have to stay here somehow. <laughs> so I, I can lie about it. It's super hard. And probably you know, makes you stronger and motivates you to do even better so you don't have to ever leave. Well, you need to because the only way to get a sponsor in these companies is showing them they need you. You have to put a thousand percent to show them that, hey, you, you have to sponsor me, right? I'm valuable here and, and you cannot lose me. So that's basically, I think, that the mindset of the immigrant, they're not only give their 100%, they give more because they want to show how good they are and they can offer to the company. And that is something that I noticed not only from me and my motivation, but for other people that were also immigrants in different companies. And even in my school, I went to an international school where everyone is immigrant. Now that I'm here and I'm like looking back to my classmates, I noticed that only three people from the whole group of people who graduated with me made it. So it is very hard and um, well, it, it was getting harder and harder before. So what is your advice for aspiring immigrant entrepreneurs that may be in that same position where they want to start? They are struggling with, you know, their visa sponsorships. What advice would you give to those, those uh, budding entrepreneurs? Like never give up. Like I, I always learn in myself and don't tell other people to tell you like how to do it. You have to actually do the work. And if you don't do it, like someone is going to come and tell you, oh, you have to do this, this and that. And then that might not be the correct thing to do. So always investigate the visa process, learn about it, look in the internet, even though that you are working with the best lawyer, you have to be part of the process and understand what is happening to you and be alert because every case is different. And I think the lawyers have to learn your case very, very much to understand how to help you. So you also have to help yourself and learn and investigate. There are different uh, visas for entrepreneurs and you have to just find which one is better for you if you wanna stay here. 
And as your lawyer, like the recommendation, um, I ask um, Jacob as well, like, oh, what is your recommendation? What do you think is good for you? And and he always lists me like the things that he believes. And I was like, okay, now I understand. I ask questions, be curious, and obviously work hard. You have to be outstanding in whatever you're doing. You have to partner and meet people that is as passionate as you. And I think the most important thing in a company is the leadership. If you have a good leadership and a good team, the company is going to work. Because I have worked with companies that has a lot of money, but they have the worst leadership ever. And they just don't make it because they don't know what they're doing and they don't have like the right leadership skills. So be open to work in a small company too and get all of the learnings and, and learn a lot. And then if your goal is to work in a big corporation or start your own company, it's always good to go from small companies and learn as much as you can because you can get a lot of responsibility. For me, working at Musical.ly, I did so many things that wasn't actually like my that the reason why they hired me, but I had to do it because we were a small company and we didn't have the capability of hiring more people. So I have to do ops. I have to be the creator POC. I have to be the person who did the finance, who did the payments, who did this and that. So you have to kind of be open to take responsibility and learn from that because that is going to help you to go to your next step of your journey creating your own company here in the U.S. or partnering with someone else that is going to help you to um, create something cool. And it's dependent on your goals. And But always, like, don't stop learning and be open to try new things. I feel like with immigrants, especially, like, when trying to get your visa, it's like you're on a knife's edge. You're, like, yeah. at the edge of the cliff and you just need to somehow balance or else... Yeah, it makes you stronger, the- for sure. Yeah. For sure. What do you think is for you? How do you see yourself continue to grow and uh, you know you, you know building this new app? And uh, just for you personally, what are your some of your uh, <laughs> goals and aspirations? Personally, I really want to be able to do the next step of my visa process. That is going to be to get the green card, so I can start like thinking about like where I really want to stay here in the United States and then, you know, buying my own house in the future and stuff like that. Uh, because without that the paper, then you are not able to continue doing your plans, right? And in the first side, uh, I really hope this make company is going to help a lot of people to create content. And I really hope to make this the new TikTok or the new, the new, new. <laughs> As you can all see, starting a business as an immigrant Going through the visa process takes time, true grit, and thick skin. By working hard and persevering, you too will be able to kickstart your career and live the American dream. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Sabrina Lay, and I'll see you in the next episode.